0: Hello, beautiful people. We're doing a little after-hour segment on this Aloha Friday, January 19th, because during the live show, we had University of Hawaii baseball head coach Rich Hill join us. If you missed it, obviously you can check it out, uh, the episode prior to this that was posted, or you can check it out on YouTube over the weekend. So we didn't get to um, a lot of the sports stuff that has been happening. Uh, One of the I guess breaking news, I mentioned it during the live show, but want to mention it again here, that Carissa Moore, uh, professional surfer, world champion Carissa Moore has announced that she is stepping away from competitive surfing. Um, and then we'll focus, you know, on a new chapter in her life. I know part of it is wanting to start a family as a professional surfer. That's very difficult. One for the ladies, obviously pregnancy, but it's just so much travel and whatnot. So she is going to compete in the 2024 Olympics. But for the most part, it will be stepping away from competitive surfing. So wish Carissa Moore like all the best as she goes through this new chapter in her life. All right. So we want to get into a bunch of stuff. We'll talk some UH, HPU basketball. Uh, Also, I forgot, like I told Paul before, this is what we're going to talk about. But we should probably get Paul's input on the divisional round this weekend because I was able (laughs) to talk to Kyle Galdera on Thursday when Paul Brecht was out at Sharks Weekly. But definitely want to get his thoughts. I know he has some quite a bit to say as we look through this weekend in the NFL. I know it's torture for me to ask him about like brutal. his opinion of the games coming up this Truly weekend, but <laughs> <brutal>. <laughs> want to, want to um, make note it was just posted about half an hour before we started recording. You, we've told you guys about this before. Well, we've teased it for like the last couple of weeks. Uh, Stephen Sai put it in the paper earlier this week. And so we started talking about this, about the new coaching uh, changes and staff hiring for the University of Hawaii football program. And it's now being officially announced by the University of Hawaii. The first one coming through is the new defensive coordinator, Dennis Thurman, bringing his NFL experience. And most recently uh, on coach prime staff at Jackson State and at Colorado, not as the D.C. at Colorado however but he's coming in we talked about it before veteran coaching last year's you know coordinator positions and staff were a little young and and that's even Timmy being young himself not just age but experience wise in this world of division one football that we're currently dealing with and bringing that experience here we also saw Jeff Reinbold officially posting it hasn't been posted by UH yet but Jeff Reinbold on his personal uh account has essentially said it's signed still delivered and he is returning to the University of Hawaii in a coaching capacity still waiting for um Dan Morrison the announcement which we will likely see in the coming days so those are the three guys that are set to join the staff I did see uh, Dan Morrison at Brotherhood Grinds a couple of days ago so he is obviously here they've been walking around on campus but it's going to be exciting and yeah I feel like we've talked about it a lot in Like with that experience coming in, both Dennis Thurman, Dan Morrison, and with Jeff Reinbold. And I'm excited. And, and I think this is a great, going to be a great third year. As if we weren't already building it up and being positive with head coach Timmy Chang going into his third season. This brings a lot more confidence and hopefully a lot more synergy. And Coach Timmy can learn a lot from these guys that have a plethora of experience at all different levels and he's ultimately the head coach so you know what he his final say is going to be what matters but now he gets a veteran group in the room and someone like a Jake Euro who has I'm sure has aspirations to earn his way back to a defensive coordinator spot whether it be here or somewhere else in another program he wants to get to that point once again and this is a way for him to learn from someone that has the experience like a Dennis Thurman. So I feel like there is only positive things that can come out of these new uh, coaches joining the staff. So it's time to get excited if you, as if we already didn't make the beautiful people excited <laughs> about the football season. But now, as we will see throughout the weekend, the officially official coaching announcements.
1: It's hard not to be excited about it because... All throughout last year, we talked a lot about the youth of the Bows, whether it be the players, the coaching staff. And, you know, sometimes when you hear that, you you think, well, wait a second, wait a second. Aren't there a bunch of old coaches making their way out of collegiate sports right now? Because they, they, it's hard to handle the NIL side of things, mm-hmm. the transfer portal, and just everything that is asked of you. And that's where I would be like, that's why this is really, really positive for the Bows is – you keep your young persona at the top of things in Timmy Chang and, and the rest of these coaches and Chris that remain. Brown, well, I was going to say Chris Brown's top stepping Top recruiter up. so far. Chris Brown's stepping up. You don't lose Jacob Euro, You just reassign him. And Euro mm-hmm. has shown he has the knowledge, the skill as a defensive coach to help put together a game plan. But nonetheless, now you get an opportunity to take a step back, improve in the places where you might have – not been up to par quite yet and you bring in a guy in Dennis Thurman who has spent I mean God, more than 30 years in coaching at Mm -hmm. this point played at the highest level both at the college and professional levels whether that be at the NFL or playing at USC had nine years was a pro bowler for the Mm -hmm. Cowboys I mean all of the accolades that you could potentially put there that's with this Dennis Thurman hire Reinbold you want to talk about somebody who brings energy who has brought A lot of success here to UH. That gets the fans excited. And then, yeah, Dan Morrison, just another, hopefully uh, that gets finalized and comes out here in the coming hours and days. But Morrison added to the offensive staff would be massive as well, just because it gives you another person with the mastery of the run-and-shoot offense and somebody else that Timmy Chang can use as a sounding board at times to bounce ideas off Mm -hmm. of, to try and, get better as he grows as a coach. You know, it, we talk so much about player development, but coaching development is so, so important as well, and that's something that you need to see here in year three where the Bows have added a lot of talent. You've started to see development in players. Now can the coaching staff take that next step and turn those tight games that, you know, just a little call here, you know, the the penalties were too much here. We need to get our, dis- our team discipline more here. Mm-hmm does that turn around now in 2024 with the addition of a couple of veterans and the continued development of this young coaching staff?
0: Yeah, and like you said with Dan Morrison, I mean, he is also a quarterback's coach. And we have that, you know, we have Braden Shager, who is who was the starter. But Timmy has said it's still going to be very, very competitive. So it's good to have someone like Dan Morrison coaching and getting his hands on someone like Micah Alejandro early and really, Michael Alejado is already enrolled. He's going to be part of spring practice. So now you have that like head start with a young quarterback like Micah Alejado where you can really teach him and develop him not only just as a player and a quarterback, but a quarterback that will fit and know how to run the run and shoot, or I guess the run and shoot plus, because it's not exactly the run and shoot. <laughs> With you know, the t- run and shoot version, yeah, Timmy Chang's 3.0. version, yeah, of the run and shoot. You know, a sprinkle in the tight end here and there, and that's how how it is. But I'm really excited having yes the veteran leadership in these roles, and, and you put it uh, perfectly, Paul, where you still have the 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 players coach or a couple of players coaches at the helm in and very key coaching positions. Like obviously Timmy Chang, Chris Brown, you have Thomas Sheffield still as special teams coordinator. Now that Chris Brown is the associate head coach, the but
1: energy I, in the UH football coaches. It's like a perfect blend. Crazy. I love that. Yeah. I'm sitting here thinking you're reading off all these, na- reading off, Not you're not reading them off. They're coming <laughs> off the top of your head. I can see you remembering them, but oh man, it, it's, it feels exciting if you are a UH football fan, and I think you make a fantastic point in Morrison getting his hands on Micah, Ala, or Micah Alejandro here early on, where last year, think about the step we saw Braden Shager take, and a lot of that was because of a ton of off-season work he put in with Morrison mm-hmm. in, you know, the run and shoot, getting the concepts down. And as... the
0: volunteer sideline times we saw Dan Morrison. Yeah, well,
1: yeah, 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 yeah. And as a, that was as a junior completely changing offenses, really, from what he was brought in for. Alejado now gets the opportunity to have that base, that same stability all the way through, and get that same help, that extra help that Shaker didn't necessarily get until last year from the very jump.
0: Yeah. All right. So come Monday... I'm sure we will start to see the officially official coaching announcements, which we will definitely talk about. I want to switch over, though, to the hardwood and talk some basketball. Uh, Quite a bunch of games happening yesterday, especially from what we – covered and paid attention to, you know, Paul and Kyle were out covering and bringing you the action for HPU and Chaminade, men's and women's basketball. Uh, I was at the women's basketball game doing my duties. So shout out to everyone that saw me in my sparkly, um, I guess I have my sparkly moment. Mahalo to Eric for letting me sparkle and, and almost encouraging me. I got a lot of compliments on my sequin jacket. It's going to be a regular thing, everyone. So look for me with the sequin jacket. It'll change colors every game. I do need to buy a couple of, a couple more jackets, but here we are. All right. Uh, we'll start off with some UH basketball before we get into HPU. Uh, we'll you know, we'll go with positive first. <laughs> the Rainbow Wahine basketball team coming up with a big win, sixty-eight fifty-five over Long Beach State. Before we get into the game itself, want to give a shout out though to new uh, one of the newer football players in Dion Washington and also Sauce Williams. They were over there sitting courtside at the Rainbow Wahine basketball game last night. So I think that says a lot about them and how you know supporting these young women and especially a football program and that's always huge when you can have football players and coaches support these programs that really deserve our support so I wanted to make sure everyone knows like hey these football guys made time to come out and wa- and they stayed till the end they weren't just there and like left I saw them all the way to the end and they, they weren't were there for the photo op. That's exactly. And it was funny because Trevor, one of the the UH official photographers, he was like, I wish they told me they were like coming here earlier. I would have like did a whole whole thing. But again, they weren't there for the photo op. They genuinely wanted to support the Rainbow Wahine. So you guys should come out as well. I mean, this team only one loss in conference and they are rocking and a rolling. And I have to say that huge win came without Brooklyn Ruers, who we have said Amazing things about so far this season, the transfer from Michigan State. I do want to mention, though, that Jackie Davis, excuse me, (laughs) uh, Jackie David made her return after being sidelined or a season ending knee injury last year. She made her return last night onto the court, played just over six minutes and got in a couple of baskets for four points. So it was nice to see her back. But yes, this huge win came without the help. Of Brooklyn Ruars and we've seen this in the past where Hawaii has been able to win without uh, Deja Phillips another key player they came close to beating Santa Clara without Lily Wahine Kapu so just to think about this team and that, that loss that they had one like it was on the road two they were shooting like an insane percentage that does not even really and Appen. the
1: conference's leading scorer in Jordan Webster as well, yeah. d- unconscious from three, six of nine from long range, helping uh, helping give the Bows their first loss, the Rainbow Wahine, their first loss within conference. But uh, a massive bounce back last night indeed.
0: Yeah, and so they look amazing considering... And they just... They play so well together, and I can't say enough great things about Kelsey Emai. It's funny because after the game, you know, they go around, do the little high five, and I was like, I thought you were going to throw down a couple of times (laughs) in the game. You know, Like, I like her big island girl. She's awesome. She gets a little feisty, and I love it. I love that grit that Kelsey Emai has. She's like a true baller where, you know, Lily Wahine Kapu is a little more reserved, and she just is like... Obviously, she's a baller as well, but they have such different personalities that that's just are such an entertaining team to watch. And we can't say it enough. And Coach Buman has said it time and time again, how much they play for each other, how much they celebrate each other. People were so excited when Jackie got her first two points. And I was like, "Wow!" Ah, the crowd goes wild for Jackie David, making her return. Uh, but leading the scoring, Ashley Toms had a career night, putting up 18 points. Got a little bit of a scare where she took a charge and well, it was called she was called for the blocking foul, But mm, that's neither here or there. Uh, but essentially got like an forearm to the throat and you it was legitimate because she went down and was on the ground for a while. And then there was like a break in the action, came back and on the spectrum, like you could see there were like red marks on her neck. So she took a hit. Kanoa Leahy then made a note of eh, she comes from a football family and her family moved here they were in attendance and I'm sure dad is like eh, she's fine get up like He's gonna
1: say probably not the hardest hit she's taken uh in her lifetime
0: so that's why when she got hit and stayed down it's, it's one of those like oh you know it's serious you know it's not like these soccer you not vacant it's, it's not like these soccer boys that just go down for no reason but you could tell it was something serious and sure enough she had the right red, red marks but actually Tom did phenomenal and we mentioned Lily Lily put up 19 points but you guys, not only are they good and winning, this team is, they play a fun style of women's basketball with all their different, like, personalities and just the way that they work together. And and even shout out Coach Beeman. Like, she's fun to watch when she gets a little mad. There was a inadvertent, well, for us Hawaii fans and people watching on Spectrum, inadvertent whistle. But apparently the referees were like, no, 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 there was no whistle Go look it up on social media for our spec uh, by Spectrum Sports, and you guys will know what I'm talking about. But nonetheless, Rainbow Wahine improve five and one, beating Long Beach State 68 55, and let's hopefully keep on rocking and rolling. They have they go on the, so their next road trip. I mean, I don't want to completely look past the game coming up on Saturday, but want to make a definitely a note that their next road game. Will be against Santa Barbara, who is who also only has one loss, but they are currently on top of the Big West right now, and that'll be a fireworks game. Again, gotta gotta get over you know this weekend first when they play UC San Diego, but these next couple of games and this road trip coming up will be huge for the Rainbow Wahine. But I have no doubt in my mind.
1: Let's go, <laughs> Rainbow Wahine. You you've put it out beautifully for our beautiful people where they play the game the right way Mm -hmm. and a lot of times the women's game can be almost more beautiful than the men's game at times just because of of how flawless execution can Mm -hmm. be at times and that's something that these rainbow wahine are, are able to do often where it's when they're clicking it just there's nothing another team can do to stop them in the Big West. It's why they've gotten off to this 5-1 and start back above 500 once again. It just, you talk about Brooklyn Ruers being out, and any given night it doesn't matter. You you take one piece out, you plug another one in, and they continue to just chug along like the locomotive that just can't be stopped and really, really a fun squad. I've seen fans start to say how they need to go out and support mm-hmm. them more. And, man, I cannot agree more. These young women, they deserve your support. They deserve your attention. And before long, they're going to deserve national attention. I'm telling you this right now. LSU, we're coming back for you. <laughs> yeah.
0: Got you. You're, you're targeting on your back from us. <laughs> and and when I talk about fun style of basketball, and I brought up Kelsey Emai, I mean seven assists. She had more assists than her points. And she's just that's just the kind of player that she's been so far this season. I can't say enough great things about this Rainbow Wahine basketball team. So I hope to see you guys come out for the rest of the season and support them because they deserve it. And it it, it is a very very fun style of basketball that they play. All right, switching gears to the.
1: <laughs> I'm so glad bad. you started positive. That's because... why I'm like, all
0: right, we got to give the Rainbow Wahine their flowers, the positive note. Eh.
1: Well, because now we have to go through not just the UH loss, but you mentioned we're going to talk about HPU, who, not to give too much away, but also fell twice last night. So, eh, positive vibes starting to waver a little bit.
0: <laughs> so, Rainbow Wahine Basketball, go on and support. Hope to see you guys uh, Saturday, whenever you listen to this, tomorrow, today, I don't know, against UC San Diego, and then when they go back and come back to the Simplify Ar- Arena at Stan Sheriff Center... All right, on the road, though, is the men's basketball team. They were at Long Beach State, fell 79-71. But the game, about maybe through three quarters of the game, it was just pure Frustration, especially the first half. What you down, it felt like almost the entire game by like 20, 20 to 25 points. Justin McCoy was like the only one that wanted to show up in the first half. <laughs> he was making his threes, making his shots. And to be fair, Long Beach State was shooting 75% from the field in the first half, ended the game shooting 75% from three. And this is where we talk about like, you know, score or box score watching Paul where because someone had brought up I think I was talking to it was halftime of the women's game and someone was talking to me about the men's game was like yeah but did you see like Long Beach State is a hundred percent from three I was like yeah but Hawaii technically like Long Beach State were four for four from three Hawaii made seven threes like we still made more threes even though percentage wise like you have to look at the amount of threes that Hawaii made even though the even the final Long Beach State made six threes Hoy made 12. Yeah, percentage-wise, 12, or excuse me. Oh, I was looking at the wrong thing. 31% four, or 12 of 38 from the three-point line to bring them to 31%, where Long Beach State didn't take too many threes, six for eight, bringing them at that 75%. But nonetheless, Hawaii made more. It was just, oh. <laughs> Paul is making a face right now because he doesn't know exactly how to dissect this I,
1: game. I'm really trying my best on on this end. And I feel bad. You're right. I was making a face. and it's, <laughs> I'm glad you called me out on that. Um, I don't know. I just, process-wise, it's it would be concerning to me for a team to take more than half of their shots from three-point range. And not just half. It, it's almost, what, three-quarters? At that point, 38 of 56 shots from long range. At that point, you're settling, it almost feels. well, And
0: and when you take a look at the breakdown from first and second half, right, usually you're like, all right, maybe majority of the threes came in the second half because down the stretch you're really trying to get anything in. But they actually, Hawaii, that is, took more three-point shots in the first half. So that doubles down on what your theory is. It's like you were just settling in the first half to just chuck up these threes when you— should take better shots.
1: They took 18 shots from inside the three-point arc the entire night. And to be totally fair, I do I do want this to be fair. Long Beach State has a lot of length. That was something yes. that was yes. pitched at the beginning of the season. A ton of length. Something that they're going to be able to do is defend, especially around the rim. That being said, you still have to continue to challenge and it's, it's on coaches to figure out a way to get that offense working in an efficient manner. That being said, if players are shooting 22 times from three in the first half, you need to shoot better than six for 22. You can't force it. Somebody other than Justin McCoy needed to show up in the first half last night, and they didn't. And that's kind of been the thing, I think, for the Rainbow Warriors that we didn't expect, Mm -hmm. where coming into this year, we talked a lot about the depth of this team and how on any given night, almost similar to the Rainbow Wahine, you'd be able to see a different leading scorer and multiple scorers at that. Mm-hmm. And instead this season it felt like, or at least so far, it's felt like the, the Bows just one scorer on any given night and everybody else trying to scratch and claw their way through 40 minutes. It's just it, the vibes are off right now with the Bows. And I hope for their sake that this Saturday big-time game for them that I don't want to call a must-win, but it's as must-win as you can get without being a must-win game should you want to compete where the Bows have talked about competing in the Big West. So a a concerning night last night um, from UH, especially after offensive results and once the game seemed out of reach and players were more comfortable, Mm -hmm. I'll say, or not comfortable, but maybe playing less uptight all of a sudden the offense looked better. That part of it is a bit concerning as well. So a lot of questions at hand for the Bows right now. I don't have the answers, and I'm sure they're working to figure them out as well. They still deserve your support. These student-athletes work their tails off. Please, please, please do not take out frustration on them.
0: Yeah, and and you bring up a good point about must-win, and it's, hard, it's difficult to win on the road, but generally when you go on the road, you want to split. And so that's why, so they lost this one against Long Beach State. So now even more so, like Paul said, the game at UC San Diego becomes a must win because the last thing you want to do is come back home with two losses on the road, especially considering you go back to their first game where they lost that close one, 63-61 to Cal State Fullerton that was at home because ideally, again, home games, you want to win as much as you can, if not all of it, at home. UC Irvine. That could have gone either way because we always just, there's always a back and forth with UC Irvine. But Cal State Fuller bit 10 went a very winnable game. They split on the road in their first road trip, and now this is their second road trip. So, yes, UC San Diego is must win because you need to split on the road, and they need to come back, like, with a little well, bit more wins, not two losses.
1: Especially considering you mentioned the home loss to begin Big West play to Cal State Fullerton. The Bows have not been able to take care of business inside the Stan Sheriff to start mm-hmm. conference play off, and I'm sure that's frustrating to them, but in that sense, you need to make up ground somewhere else, and the only other place to make up ground then would be on the road. So you need at least a split, like you said, and then... Upcoming, you need to sweep at least one of these road trips, if not two of them.
0: Yeah. Okay. Continuing our basketball talk, (laughs) moving from the University of Hawaii to, uh, I guess you guys were down the road, down the road at Chaminade University, bringing HPU and Chaminade men's and women's basketball. We'll start off with the women's game. First, the uh Chaminade Silver Swords coming up on top in both games, but with the women's game coming up on top 77-66. Very similar scores actually with both games. Uh and essentially snapping Shamanad that is snapping their losing streak by beating HPU.
1: Couple of losing streaks for Shamanad snaps last night. 13 straight losses this season, 40 consecutive losses to the women's program over at HPU, but what an inspired effort from the Silver Swords last night. I mean, I, I know we are tipp- we are the station for HPU, but I was very impressed by the buy-in and togetherness of a young Chaminade team. We mentioned it on the broadcast, which if you missed it, you can catch those on demand on hawaiisportsradio.com or where you get most podcasts. And it, it's just a young team that is trying to learn how to win and, I mean, HPU, they tried very, very hard to come back late in that one. And to be totally fair, some inconsistencies in foul calls and just the officiating made it a little bit difficult to get into a rhythm at times last night. And I think that that really impacted HPU. And when you are trying to play catch up, mm. you can't necessarily go through that as much as whereas Shamanad was happy to see any break in momentum or any break just because... Every time that they went out there, it was their defense was doing all the work and the shots were falling. And what a phenomenal night for the Silver Swords and their fans in that sense, because I've been on the wrong end of a lot of losing streaks. <laughs> and those those stink to be a part of. So for the Silver Swords, I am happy. For HPU, a, a tough loss to stomach. Um going into that one, I mentioned it a 40 game winning streak against their Division II Oahu rivals. And last night, it just, a lot of errors that were self-inflicted, it, missing too many free throws, not finishing Ugh. around the paint. No. I know that breaks your heart, Coach <laughs> Um But, but I mean, Kyle Galdera mentioned it as well, probably 10, 11, 12 chippies inside the paint for HPU that most times you'd almost, you'd count on them making just don't go down in this one. They end up falling by 11 on the road. A big time loss for HPU, as much as it's a big time win for Chaminade.
0: Oh, dang it! The free throws.
1: <laughs> the free throws, bro. <laughs> the bah.
0: free throws. Oh, you're right. 22 for 33. From the charity stripe HPU was again, Chaminade women's basketball uh, team 77 66 over Hawaii Pacific University. Okay, then the game that followed, once again, like Paul said, you can listen to both games on demand at HawaiiSportsRadio.com or wherever you get your podcast. Now, the Chaminade men's basketball team, who we are pretty familiar with as uh, we covered their games in the Maui Invitational. But Chaminade coming up on top and it came really down to the wire. And when I was leaving the women's UH women's basketball game, I was able to tune into our guys over here and caught the ending and it Seemed like a really exciting one, but Chaminade edging their way past the Hawaii Pacific University Sharks, 71-68. So tell us about what you saw in that game, Paul.
1: Well, I just got done telling you about big wins for Chaminade and uh, Once again, another big time win for the Silver Swords. They started their year out with a really difficult schedule. You mentioned the Maui Invitational taking on three top tier Division One programs, and then Already played their California West Coast road trip, and for those who are maybe not as familiar with Pac West play, that's that's typically the daunting part mm-hmm. of your schedule. So the Silver Swords get that out of the way. They entered last night tenth out of eleven teams in the Pac West, but nonetheless did not look that way as they came out. Ross Reeves, what a night for him, the uh, red shirt sophomore who. Uh, The Southpaw can knock it down from anywhere on the court. He came off a 30-point game in the loss to Dominican on Monday, put up 26-4 and last night, chips in two more steals, and did not turn the ball over a single time. So uh, basically playing a perfect game from the point guard spot. And then our guy Isaac Amaral Ree, who really struggled during that Maui Invitational, Mm -hmm. he, every time that the Swords needed a bucket, whenever HPU was pulling closer, it seemed that Emerald R three would just, you know, dribble pull up here. Knock down three from the left wing there. And it's just every time the Swords needed an answer they got it from him. And for HPU, uh, a tough night, obviously. I mentioned it during the broadcast where playing with heavy hearts. And mm-hmm. I, I talked with the coaching staff beforehand and they, they made sure to make it known that the guys really wanted to play for their teammate Nikola Milojevic, whose father passed away earlier this week, the former Golden State Warriors assistant coach mm-hmm. passed at age 46 um, of a of a massive heart attack. And once again, our thoughts, prayers, and you know, sending strength and love to uh, the Milojevic family as they go through this this brutal time, and and also to HPU as they played with heavy hearts. But you could see last night where they just weren't all on the same page. It seemed as though it was a fractured focus throughout much of the night, where they were slow getting into their sets. Diggy Winbush was a bit frustrated calling out offenses, not getting everyone set up until about 20 seconds in, you know, left on the shot clock, so mm-hmm. 10 seconds already gone. Melo Sanchez, just one of his worst games of the year to the to this point, to be totally honest. I mean, this is a guy who we've seen put up 30 points, 32 points, 27 points, you know, it can really be a prolific scorer. Last night he finishes with just seven on three of 14 shooting from the field. And last night, free throw shooting wasn't the issue for HPU. They only missed two free throws. And both of them were Sanchez missing the free throws, which was surprising, an 81% free throw shooter on the year. So a lot of strange happenings for the Sharks. And an inspired effort from Silver Swords snaps a three-game losing streak for Chaminade and hands a big loss to HPU ahead of this Saturday's matchup against UH Hilo.
0: Fortunately, the Sharks do have an opportunity to redeem themselves. And this time it'll be at the Shark Tank. So the next matchup against Shamnad will be on another Thursday, February 29th. So got quite some time until they have to play the Silver Swords again. But this time they will host and will be at home. You can hear that game though also on Hawaii Sports Radio Network on hawaiisportsradio.com. All right. Do we have anything else for our podcast only listeners in this after hours version of wake up in the den well we're already up but yeah waking up in the den
1: <laughs> well one i believe that uh just announced the official hiring of Dan Morrison they did and Antonio Pierce was just announced as the Raiders next head coach Woo-hoo! the interim tag has been stripped he uh he will take over in Las Vegas after going 5 and 4 in the final Nine games. Surely Woo-hoo! the players will be incredibly happy with this news.
0: They didn't mess it up. The Las Vegas Raiders did not mess it up. Hopefully, third time's a charm now.
1: And now I know that our Jesse Nakanishi will be happy. That's right. Mentioned he was a Raiders fan yesterday on Sharks Weekly, which, once again, you can catch where most podcasts are found or on demand on com under the HPU Sharks tab. Uh, You know, he said that he wanted to see Pierce back. Mm -hmm. Same with Diggy Winbush, same with Marcus DeWall there, all three of them. I mean,
0: and we're not even Raiders fans, but even we were like, they need to hire Antonio Pierce.
1: They they had the same situation a couple of years ago and let Bisaccio walk out the door. They didn't make the same mistake this time. And Antonio Pierce, I mean, congratulations to him on a, a job well done over the stretch of this final what, nine games of the season. But really congratulations on grabbing yourself a head coaching role with I, I just a phenomenal leader of men.
0: This is awesome. Wow, what a perfect way to end our after hours in the den. AP getting rich re- or guest, yeah, like Paul said, dropping the interim and now the official new head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders and quarterback guru and very seasoned coach Dan Morrison coming back to the University of Hawaii football program as the co-offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach. And we will likely see the Jeff Reinbold news uh, come in pretty soon, but to know more about the, It's weird because I don't want to I guess more so Dennis Thurman is the new guy in town. A lot of people know about Dan Morrison and Jeff Reinbold. But to get a to learn more about Dennis Thurman and maybe a refresher on the background of Dan Morrison and Jeff Reinbold, you can look out for Paul's write up on these new additions to Timmy Chang's coaching staff at Hawaii Sports Radio Dot com. So got a lot of stuff for you. But um, we're going to go now because we got a lot of work to do. But this has been After Hours in the Den with Paul Brecht and kool Bye.